Welcome back to the Expanded Minds podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, and his name is Brian. Brian What's up? Is <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Brian is a paranormal investigator and is known for his paranormal investigations on his YouTube channel, Black Mass Paranormal. Using his military and park ranger background, he investigates places such as the Smokies, Appalachian Mountains, and the various amount of abandoned places to gather the best information on the paranormal. So with that being said, welcome on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, pretty cool. This is, um, I'm going to be doing a couple podcasts, but this is actually my first one that I'm doing officially. So yeah, man. Yeah. I've got like five lined up, but you know, it's, uh, (laughs) they all came at one time. (laughs) I think it's the way they tell stories or like when you're out, you know, doing your investigations, it's just very interesting. So I definitely think yeah, people are interested in hearing what you've discovered out well, in the wilderness, things like that. Well, you know, the whole situation's a little bit, for me, is a little bit different because these are all things that, like, I investigate that, like, you know, I grew up hearing about, like, really. I mean, we were always told, you know, growing up, you know, don't go out in the woods at night, you know, be careful, don't go too far out in the woods. But my personality, it always just kind of like triggered something in me. And like, I just had to go. And it got to a point uh, growing up where I had this, this dog. Um, his name was Bo. And my mom would have the dog come get me out of the woods when it was time to come in. Because as soon as I would get up, I would take off and I would be out in the woods running around, you know not necessarily looking for monsters, but just having fun, just enjoying the woods. It's just how I was. And then after a while, like I started to kind of put things together, you know, and realized that, you know, our world is not exactly the way we think it is. So it just kind of, it's, it's been ever since I was a kid, you know, I've been into it. That takes a lot of courage. I mean, I've been out in the woods during nighttime see i don't know if my fear is based off of people putting that fear into my head sometimes or if it's actually like something making me scared during the nighttime sometimes yeah but well you you know there's something about uh having a flashlight in the woods at night you know that just brings it to another level because you know you can't see you know past like 10 15 feet around you it's one thing in in the day when you can actually see even if it's, you know, pretty dense, but doing it at night, it's like, you don't really know what you're walking into and it puts you in a different kind of perspective, you know, rather than like the houses. I mean, I I love doing uh, ghost stuff as well. Um, That's really the ghost stuff is what really got me going into the YouTube side of it. I had an experience um, living in this one house. It was built in like, uh, I think it was like 1890. And in East Tennessee, it gets like really, really humid, especially in the summertime. And this was like mid-June, I think. And as a kid, you know, I had always thought about like ghosts and, you know, goblins and whatever. But I was sitting on my couch in the summertime and I looked down my hallway. And at the end of my hallway, I see this black mass which is, this is where my name comes from. Um, 
and I think somebody has broken into my house. So I'm like looking down the hallway and I see this figure standing there and I jump up and I take off running down the hallway thinking like I'm going to tackle somebody. And by the time I get to the end of the hallway, the hallway is so cold. I can see my breath and that just really kind of sit my brain into like, Holy crap. Like I got to tell somebody about this, you know? And once that happened, um, you know, I started getting into it a lot more and got into the investigating side of it and trying to like record things. And then down the road, I ended up getting on YouTube. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I'm really yeah. into like studying like haunted places and demons and stuff like that. Cause especially like my own house, man. I started having like my own encounters with stuff. And it was yeah. just fascinating to kind of try to get to the bottom of what was causing this. And it's quite interesting. Yeah. So like it, when, it when it comes to like shadow figures, um, I know that when you were 12, you saw something too, an another black mask. Like, can you kind of describe like how, how do you see these things though? Is it as real as like a material object? Does it seem somewhat dreamlike when you're seeing this kind of stuff? Like, what does it look like? It's, it's like the app, it's the total absence of light. And that's, that's the strange thing because of the depth. When you see these things, it's like the depth I'm, I'm playing with the bone, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I found in my last investigation. So, um, but anyway, um, so when you're looking at these things, it's, it's so hard to describe because they get and, and I've seen both. I've seen um, like uh, a white figure, and I've seen um, these dark figures. Now, this doesn't happen often. Um, it, it's very um, rare to actually be able to see one of these things and capture, and, and even rarer to be able to capture it on camera. Um, but when you see something like that, it just kind of makes you. I okay, so I describe it as being disturbed because not being scared. There, there's there's a huge difference between you know somebody just being scared, like you watch a scary movie, right? You you see or you see something happen that got your heart running and you know got got the, the nervousness of it. But then when you see something like this when you have absolutely no explanation for it, it is really disturbing because it alters like your world, your world view because you see this thing and you, you don't know how to describe it. You want to tell somebody, but when they you tell them, they look at you like you're crazy, you know, and we've just trained our body, our minds to look at the world in this one direction. And then when, that happens it's just kind of disturbing because that's not the reality of it so yeah i like how you said uh you know people have their minds fixed on a certain like way of viewing life yeah. and when these things happen it throws you off i actually yes. have like a video and if you listen close i have a video i pull up a video from a youtube channel ah, yeah uh this is a you want to do you want to explain what this is real quick before i press play on this thing yeah, so this happened in um, the Charleston uh, old jail, the old city jail, old old Charles, old Charleston jail. Sorry, um, this happened in the hallway as 
they were we were trying to figure out um, a um, a recording setting or whatever, and this thing just runs right in between you, like uh, like right in front of us, and you know you don't really know what to do about it. it it's this crazy. is a live photo, right? Like yeah, you just yeah. clicked on the photo and then you saw this happen. Yeah, I was I wasn't the one that actually captured this. I I was with okay. the people that did though. Yeah. Really, you see that, this, and if you listen closely, you can actually hear the sounds of it running, which is even more terrifying. But you can see this black figure just dart right yeah. in between us. And um, at the time, uh, the guy who actually got man, that's really good evidence. And in yeah, fact, dude. when I've seen figures like this, that's exactly almost how they look like too. Yeah. And you know, how does that happen? Like how, how can we be, I don't know. That's just what fascinates me, man. And it's, it's just like, uh, it's like, there's a whole another side to our world that we don't understand, you know? So. Yeah. And when you go out and investigate, it seems like you pay attention a lot to like your body sensations. Like what do you, what you feel when you go out? Um, oh, absolutely. I know you have yeah. friends too that are very good at sensing that. I think in your earlier investigations, I think his name is Kevin. Like you'd take him out and he'd sense, yeah. he'd sense things like that. Um, yeah. So like what kind of bodily sensations do you get? Or like at what point do you know like and feel like, okay, this place is haunted or something about this gives me the creeps? And what are like the levels of intensity when it comes to what these well, things okay, so. Bodily? what they can do to you bodily that's um that's weird um it, it can really wear on you um especially with an attachment um i had one time i had picked up an attachment from um this lady's house um i think i've got it la labeled under the candy factory um it was one of my earlier investigations um but i had picked up an attachment that turned out to be a little boy. And when I had come home, I felt like I thought I was asleep and I, I was, and, and I was like dreaming, like I was sitting on the edge of my bed and looking at this little boy. And it was like, he was trying to tell me something, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. Like I could see his mouth moving, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. And then he takes his finger and sticks it in my chest. And that really just kind of really fucks with your head because the next morning when I get up and I'm looking at my chest, I've got a burn mark like, and, and it's in the shape of a finger. So it's kind of when you get into locations that are haunted, it can be, difficult to establish whether or not the location's actually haunted or there's something else going on. So for example, if you are getting around somebody, if you walk into a room and somebody is angry, okay, we as humans can pick that up, like without saying a word, without, you know, talking to each other. When you walk into that room, you can just feel that different energy. You don't know why, you know, you don't really know what's going on. So it's kind of like one of the situations where 
when you're going into a haunted location, you pick up that energy, you know, immediately. There's like just something a little bit off and there's different types of en energy. Like in Charleston jail, you walk into Charleston jail and that place is dark, man. Like you can just feel it. Like it just feels like you're in a room with a ton of angry people. And then you have situations where there would be like a tragic accident that had happened. Um, not necessarily a murder, but somebody had passed away like in their home and you walk into that home and you can feel the difference. It's not as, as threatening, you know, but at the same time, it's a situation where you can just feel like there's something off. Now I've gotten actually to, <laughs> and, and this is the first time I was able to do this. I was kind of like, Holy crap. Um, I can actually pick up EMF disturbances like with my hand, like, I can take and somebody can hold an EMF detector. Like if we're in a in a haunted location, and I can like feel where the change is, and then you can take the EMF detector and you put it and you watch it jump. Like it, it, it's really interesting. So depending on the situation, you can really tell two different things. I mean, you know that obviously the jails are are, are scarier than you know just a regular home but you know not all hauntings are bad so for example like okay so if you were to go into a home where somebody had just passed away okay um of an accident say they fell on the stairs and died a lot of the times and i don't under, i don't understand why this is like this but a lot of the times those individuals just don't know that they are dead so they're just kind of like stuck in between, you know, they don't really now a lot of people argue that this proves that there's not a God and there's not a hell, but at the same time, people have different religious views and people have different, you know, um, uh, relationships with God themselves, you know? So, and you'll see what I, and this is just what I've experienced. Um, you'll see that a lot of times people don't even realize that they have, they're, they're dead and it's like they're being, they're stuck on an Island. So imagine yourself being stuck on an Island. If you see a boat driving by, what are you going to do? Hey, Hey, help me, you know, help me. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, they're trying to communicate and trying to figure out what's going on. But at the same time, they their perception of time is different than ours you know so and that leads into the, the stone tape theory and the uh different types of hauntings whether it's intelligent or residual so you know that's yeah it, it, it's a rabbit hole that you can fall down in really quickly <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting because i mean one thing that i do and especially that I believe in is that, yeah, we're definitely souls for sure. And right. when I've gone to sleep before at night, like I've observed myself go to sleep and you can kind of mm -hmm. find a place in between where you're half awake, half asleep. And this one time I observed myself going into that and I, I saw myself float out of my body and I was stuck yeah. in that in between state. Like you said, like I was, yeah, I was existing, but I wasn't really existing. And I was kind of feeling my way through darkness. And I was like, 
floating just through nothingness kind of thing. And then I was trying to find yeah. my way to my body and trying to remember what I felt like to be myself. So it can be yeah. people, it could also be maybe even people when they sleep, they project themselves out and then they might be, they might not necessarily know, um, or they might just be wandering, trying to find different places to go. Not really knowing right. how, to, how to operate in these kind of realms and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, that's that a lot of people also got to remember that humans have not been on this earth for very long. We're like, essentially, we, like we've really only been here for like a blink of an eye in, in comparison. And I'm actually working on, on something with this, trying to get this theory out there. You know, so our understanding of the universe and our, our existing our existence on this planet is you know we're still in like preschool stage like yeah we you know we've got these advanced technologies with computers and stuff like that but you know it, if, even if you like look into the research of like the from past cultures you know they've all shared this type of spiritual connection that we've in a sense kind of forgotten about like we we've really in our today's society, we've kind of moved away from that. And I'm a strong believer that there's still something going on there, you know, with our souls and with our connections to this planet and this universe that, and that, and that's, you know, the kind of the purpose of my channel is, is trying to find a way to express that stuff and, and show it. So. Yeah. I remember also like, uh, so I think as well, also you're one of your first videos, this with the Thompson haunting, like you interviewed a family. Yeah. What I found, what I found interesting with that is um, you were interviewing them and they're talking about how they kind of struggle with mental health and you're saying mm -hmm. maybe one cause of it could have been these spirits. So like, mm -hmm. can, can you describe how like a spirit or maybe a ghost or demon can affect somebody's mental health and well-being? Oh, absolutely. Um, and this is a very fine line that you're catching me on here. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, 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 I'll love to talk about this. Um, what do you mean by fine line? Like what? Okay. So definitely there are mental health issues, you know, as far as um, I'm not going to name a, a single mental health, but where individuals will hear things that will see things that are not um, there. You know, we, we do as humans have hallucinations. At least we think that they are hallucinations. You know, our understanding of our universe is, you know, very tiny, very tiny. In, in cases where people are struggling with these more advanced cases of mental health where they're seeing and hearing things, um, the spiritual side of it can exacerbate that you know it can make it worse so in this particular case um we had somebody who was about to lose everything um because of what was happening in his house because people were saying that he was crazy you know that they didn't believe in ghosts and he was like they were on the verge of you know going into some serious healthcare, but with me being able to come in there and show the things. And even in that video, I didn't, I didn't release all of the evidence that I captured. 
um, because it became very personal. Um, because I was trying to help this family in establishing um, that, you know, there's things outside of the normal mental health realm that can really exacerbate these things. So, you know, as a paranormal investigator, I have to show them and be like, hey, I captured this voice here. You know, I saw the shadow here. So you're not completely crazy. But at the same time, you still need to be working with your doctor. You know, if you're having, um, you know, these mental health issues. So if that makes sense, man, it's a delicate topic. It, it really is because you don't want to try. You don't want to dismiss um, any mental health problems with paranormal activity because paranormal activity is rare. You know, it doesn't happen very often you know most places aren't haunted you know the majority of places aren't haunted but there's certain situations where this does happen um where a person with mental health is it, the situation is exacerbated because there's crazy stuff going around you know all the time plus what they're struggling with yeah uh, talk to me about like portals. Like, have you ever been to a place and you feel like there's a portal here to another dimension or maybe? Uh, so, what is your take on portals in general to other worlds? Okay. Dimensions? I have always been kind of skeptical in a sense about portals until recently. And it was, in, it's in the last video that I just released. Um, I am at an area called Black Mountain. And this area is like really rich in like Native American history. And I am walking past this rock. Okay. And it's, it's this big rock formation. And as I'm walking past this rock formation, I get this weird sensation. Like I felt like I was being pulled. Like I, like, physically felt like I was being pulled in my ears. Like it was kind of like being in an airplane, um, like that compression type feeling. And as I kept walking, like, and you might be able to tell by the look on my face, I can't remember if I'm looking right at the camera or not when it happens, but I was like totally shocked because like I, it was a sensation that I had never felt before. And I swear that like I had almost just walked either into a portal or walked by a portal because you can, if you listen closely, especially with like uh, earbuds on, um, you can hear this weird, like whirring sound. And I do, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, it was the craziest thing that I've ever experienced. Like it, it was wild. So also, so when you investigate into now forest and you're looking for cryptids moving into kind mm -hmm. of like this area now, like how, what kind of sensations and feelings do you get from investigating? Cause like, for example, if I go to a normal hike, I go into the wilderness, you don't yeah. really pay attention to what can really be going on. Like underneath the surface, you're just focused on completing your little waterfall hike or like whatever right. it is, you're enjoying the, the scenery. Um, when you go deep into the forest though, that's when the, maybe the paranoia starts to hit you a little bit more. Maybe weird sensations right. start to hit you. Maybe you start to feel like you're getting watched. That's where really, well, 
stuff can happen. Right. Well, I would say like for the average person, um, the deeper you get into a forest, the more it's going to play with your head Um, because you start thinking about all the different things that could happen. Um, Like around here, we've got bears, you know, um, we've got black bears. I mean, black bears really don't bother you, but you know, that kind of, you're like, Oh, well maybe there's a bear. And then you're like, well, maybe there's a boar. Well, what if I have to run away from this thing and I end up lost in the mountains somewhere, you know, well, you know, where am I going to sleep? Am I going to be able to start? So it really can, can add up in your head really quickly, you know, for just the regular person that likes to just go on an occasional hike. But, um, for me, um, because one, I've been doing it for so long and I have, you know, a background in it. Um, I'm able to kind of pick up on different smells and, um, different trails. Like I, I pay attention to different types of game trails. Um, you know, you're going to look for poop on the ground. Um, that's going to give you a good indication. Like when you get deeper in the mountains, like you actually have to pay attention to the little details to make sure that you don't miss a bigger detail, such as, you know, a bear or, um, in East Tennessee, it's all made of limestone. So we have caves everywhere. Like, um, for example, okay, uh, you you know, uh, Tennessee Vols football team, um, the Nayland Stadium. Underneath Nayland Stadium, they've act- they have to pump concrete into it to keep it from falling in because there's cave systems all, all throughout, like, East Tennessee and Appalachia in general. So there are those aspects of the woods that you really have to pay attention to um, or you can just disappear at the drop of a hat. Ever gone into those case systems? Like curious to like explore case systems in general? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. Um, I don't do it anymore. Um, because my body is fatter and brokener and you know, when you get down into a case, <laughs> man, it, it could get tight really fast. Um, me and my brother, uh, we used to, go caving all the time. Um, it, there, I mean, there's caves all around here. Uh, my brother one time fell in a cave and like we, over this one like ledge area, he just went off the side and it was just like gone, you know? Um, but luckily they were able to get ropes and stuff like that and pull them out. But yeah, it's uh, the cave systems are wild for sure. They, so like they've when, closed so they've closed most of them off now um with all the i'd call it gentrification happening here um they've really closed access to them so they're they're harder to get into now so yeah i've watched so many like cases with people getting stuck in case systems and like missing cases it's interesting what people say that are in caves or maybe what can happen to those people that go missing yeah um yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you were a kid, you saw Bigfoot, right? When you I were did. Young, yeah. Was that, can you go into that encounter? Yeah, man. I was at a, like, I was basically standing on this bank. 
and I am looking across the water and I see this mass kind of moving like across the lake. And I'm like sitting there and I'm staring at it. And at first I think it's a bear. I'm just sitting there watching it. And then I start hearing the sounds that it's making and it's taking these trees and it is just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like turning trees into mulch, just plowing through it. And I'm just like, holy crap, that's not a bear. And it scared the crap out of me. But at the same time, I was so fascinated in watching it. I, I kind of knew that I was safe because there was a good little distance. I mean, I, I say a lake, but it wasn't a lake. It was like a, like a cove kind of area. It was only about, I don't know, 50 feet from where I was, where the other side of the lake bank, the, the cove bank was. And I'm, you know, just totally fascinated with this thing because it's just, it's picking up trees, it's moving and like all kinds of weird, um, unnatural ways. And it was actually something that I come to find later out that the landowner knew about. Like he was totally aware of this thing living on his property because apparently it had killed a couple of his uh, cows. And, you know, it was in an area where there was just nothingness for miles. You know, you, you couldn't, it, it was just, it, it was an amazing experience um, to see something like that as a kid, because I, I, even now when I try to look back at it, I remember de details that I didn't remember before. And it's just kind of like, it's hard now as a paranormal investigator, because I want to make sure I get all the details right. You know, I'm like, I, I got to get everything right. But at the same time, it's such an amazing story, like to be able to see something like that as a kid. And it kind of sh helps shape your worldview, you know, like ever since. And, and after that, like I realized um, that the world was not what I thought it was. And then something else happened after that that really kind of screwed up my worldview. But um, yeah. It was uh, it, it was an interesting situation, um, and now that I think about it, so I, and this is something me and my brother both saw. Um, uh, one night, and I'll just tell you the story, because I just realized that the direction that I was looking um, was kind of in this area where I saw this like Bigfoot thing. So. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm not trying to say that they're related. Um, they're not necessarily uh, related. But um, one night when I was a kid, uh, I wake up and I hear my brother, who's uh, four or five years older than me, screaming. He's just yelling as loud as he can. Now, behind our house, it was uh, nothing but woods. There was probably three or four acres of forest and then behind that forest there was probably 400 acres of like farmland and over <clears throat> so my brother I, he, my brother wakes up he's screaming it wakes me up and I got running into his room trying to figure out you know what's going on because it's my older brother 
Like I'm not used to hearing my older brother scream. I'm the one that's usually screaming at night, you know, and he's looking out of his window and he's pointing to his window. And I like look out the window and we, there's this UFO, like literally floating over the wood line and it's completely silent. And it's just this huge, like triangular. And I remember red, um, like a, a red kind of outline with it. Um, and it's just sitting there hovering. So I'm in my room. I'm totally just blown away. We're both sitting there staring at this thing. And at that point, my mom comes into the room and she's looking and she's like, holy crap. Like, what are we looking at? And then I can't remember if my dad entered the room or not, but we're all just sitting there staring at this thing over the wood line. And then it just vanishes. And it wasn't like a small, like light or like this thing was huge. I mean, it had to have like just our backyard was about an acre and this thing was bigger than the acre. And it was in the just flow, just hovering right above the woods. So it was an interesting experience man vanish as in like how did it how did it vanish like it just disappeared like, just like that or was it did you see it fly it, off like fly it, it was like it, it was like it took off but at the same time it was moving at like such a speed that you couldn't really tell if it was like getting smaller like shrinking down or if it was like moving away like i mean it was just like there and then like gone like it, and it happened in what seemed like a half a second yeah. So you said it was triangular and that, that's not yeah. like the normal shape that people depict it as, right? Is that right? Yeah, no, it, it was, it wasn't triangular or it was triangular. Yeah. Not the normal sh shape that people typically describe as a UFO being some weird disc. Oh, flying yeah. Dorito. Yeah. It, it, it was like a, it was like a Dorito. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird, man. It was, it was weird. And here I am as a kid, you know, experiencing this stuff. Now, at this point, I wasn't really all of that into ghosts. I've heard of ghost stories, um, but like I wasn't really into ghosts. Uh, but I was really into exploring and finding old, you know, f abandoned farmhouses and, and going into that stuff. You know, so it wasn't like a whole it, it was just kind of a whole nother side of the coin that was slowly getting all pieced together for me. Oh, that's interesting. Especially yeah. how you put that, it's like pieces of a puzzle puzzle that you're trying to solve. Because this is kind yes. of like hidden. This is kind of like hidden behind the scenes where it's not. When you're sharing this kind of information, you probably will experience some resistance because people will probably call you out and say, no, this is all fake. You know, this guy's making oh, yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And so, no, I don't I mean, care, dude. I, like, it, okay, so here's the here's the bad thing about that. Okay. When I first started coming onto YouTube, and I, I'm experiencing this now, um, people were saying, oh, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. And then they start to get to know me, and they're like, oh, like he's not bullshitting. So the way like YouTube works is the people that comment and say negative things about you, okay, and this is this is so and it's so frustrating to me because when you're trying to actually legit do this stuff, 
um, the people that do fake stuff, people are calling them out, putting in the comments saying, hey, you're fake, you're fake. But that's driving traction to that video. So those people get more attention because of the way the algorithm's set up. So the, the fake stuff gets pushed out while the, the, the guy that's legit trying to figure stuff out gets kind of pushed away. So, yeah, it can be difficult. <laughs> <laughs>